Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayak Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. I'm Jerry Rose. Psycho Killer Tomasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Six times for the kids like me who got ADHD. Just a man trying to need a couple of hearses. Double homicide, kill the beat, and a verse. Everybody living on the surface. But we came from the underground. Yeah, we deserve what's beef. Beef is when you murder. What is beef, y'all? Uh, welcome to Sportscast Radio. I am Jordan Jisra. You are listening uh, with me and my co-host, Elijah McNeil. Elijah, how you doing tonight, sir? Man, I think I've been better, but I'm all right, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're doing better than a, a lot of folks uh, uh, coming off this big sports weekend or big sports week when you think about some of the stories that came out. Uh, I think it was only apropos to go back to the... Uh, Back to the ADHD, uh, uh, what's beef portion of that uh, Joiner Lucas track as uh, this week, lots of beefs. Uh, we obviously had the uh, the Canelo versus Kovalev card last night. There's also the UFC card as they crowned the uh, the bad motherfucker belt uh, with Diaz <laughs> and, and company. Uh, what a disappointing <laughs> fight. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. We're definitely going to get into that. Uh, we also have beefs with... Uh, uh, Joel Embiid and and Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Uh, oh God! You know, <laughs> the Twitter Twitter fingers is, is definitely typing that one up too. Um, then we also have maybe a little beef with uh, with you know the the big sports network as our uh, our Golden Gophers uh, yet to host a game day and uh, still seems to be that way. Uh, not a bad week in sports. Oh, we also had obviously the uh, the crowning of World Series champions. Uh, shout outs to the Washington Nationals. Uh, not a bad uh, a bad bad week. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, it was it was a pretty good week. Today wasn't so hot, but it was exciting. I mean, I didn't really that Timberwolves Sixers game was pretty rough, pretty rough sight to watch. But um, and obviously. Good thing I was at work today and didn't get to watch the Vikings, but you know, uneventful week to say the least, I guess. For sure, for sure. Obviously, we'll get into that NFL talk a little later uh, with the uh, the NFC North all taking L's this weekend. Definitely not uh, not a king of the North uh, this time. Um, let's get right into the. Uh, the... <laughs> this, this is we were not getting our John Snow on. We were not getting our John Snow on today. No, you're not. Uh, let's let's get right into that uh, Canelo Alvarez Sergey Kovalev fight. Um, watching it, the plan was pretty uh, pretty obvious um, through the uh, through the ten rounds of the fight. Um, Buddy McGirt wanted him to to just work the jab and, and keep it uh, keep that distance and, and st- try to stay away from the counters. Uh, obviously, in the eleventh, not a uh, not an option as he caught uh, uh, got caught slipping and. Uh, took a four piece from from Canelo that laid him out. Uh what what's your biggest takeaway from uh from this fight so far uh with uh with Canelo obviously you know becoming a four division champion unheard of uh in boxing. Uh what do, what do you think of? My biggest take is Canelo better stay away from Bivol and better be of yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. Everyone kept asking, Mannix, you know, pre-fight, post-fight, 
uh, you know, everyone's speculating, is, is it something where he wants to stay at that, that 175 weight? Uh, can he bang with those, obviously the contemporary that you just named? I mean, that, that, that would be a, an interesting option there because uh, both of them uh, can definitely bring the lumber. And I don't know if, I don't know if Canelo's got that uh, that kind of that kind of wherewithal in the noggin there. I agree with that. Uh, on this fight like, alone, was, was there anything that stood out for you right away? Well, it's just to me, you know, not not to take anything away from Canelo because, you know, he actually did go up two way classes to take on the bigger dude and, you know, a guy who was a once and still probably pretty formidable opponent for. For, you know, most fighters out there, but definitely, obviously, Canelo and his team kind of saw something that they could exploit, and, you know, this isn't the the crusher of old, so they must have gone to that fight, you know, feeling pretty confident that they could, uh, they could come out with a W or else they wouldn't have, like, they wouldn't have risked, risked it because, I mean, that would be even though that would still be a pretty rough loss for him if he were to lose. But um, I think that it's a pretty impressive win for Canelo, even though Kovalev isn't what he once was. I do think that it also was perfect matchmaking on on their hands. And, I mean, who knows? He might have lost if he wouldn't have got the knockout. The fight, to me, kind of reminded me of the second second Triple G fight where Triple G kind of fought like Kovalev did, kind of tried to really stay on the outside, tried to really use his jab and kind of fight Canelo from the outside. And Canelo was obviously the more aggressive guy coming forward and stuff, but he was still able to kind of keep Canelo at bay for most of the fight. And the fight before the knockout to me was, a toss-up, a toss-up. You know, it could have been either way, going either way. So, yeah, I just you know, yeah, it's it's funny sorry, you say that ahead. with a toss-up. No, it, it's just really interesting you say that with a toss-up because I'm looking at the judges' scorecards and then uh, even looking back at, um, uh, you know, I was talking with Ryan last night and um, and I had it, uh, you know, going into that 11th round, I had it six four, uh, you know, for for Kovalev. Uh, you know, Dave Moretti had it 96-94 for Canelo. Uh, same with uh, Julie Letterman. And then Don Trella with the uh, 95-95. Uh, you know, there's something to be said about the, um, the, the, the optics when it comes to uh, some of these fights. You know, you always pick that style. Uh, obviously, you look at those punch numbers, you're like, well, what the hell is he throwing? Um, you know, definitely, again, those little pitter-pat jabs that were just kind of sticking to the gloves more than anything. But... Uh, but there's definitely some shots that got in there and, and, and not to be, uh, not to, uh, discredit, uh, his shots, but you know, when, when, when they did occur, um, Canelo looked like counter punching Canelo. He was definitely getting in with some, some big, bigger shots in comparison and ultimately led to the knockout. Um, you know, is there, do you think there's a, a problem with the judging of the fact that, you know, people see things differently or, or is that something that we got to, we still have to embrace? Is, is there, is there a cause or a pause or, or even uh, a reason that you would think, um, you know, that you would think 
Well, in my opinion, this is probably not super popular opinion, but my opinion, I think Canelo does get a lot of benefits from the judges, and they seem tend to score in his favor a lot. I don't know if it's just because he is a very like vis- his style is very like visually pleasing when you watch him fight. He just he's a guy that like really looks the part when he throws punches and the way he moves his head and just kind of his whole style is very like visually pleasing. So I think just kind of off jump he does get the benefit from the judges because he's a pretty fighter to watch. And I think a lot of times that's just kind of, you know, a built-in thing in the Canelo fight. Like, Canelo's already almost ahead on the scorecard sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. the fight even starts. You know, Buddy McGirt actually said, uh, you know, going into there, like, if, if he gets robbed on the scorecards, you know, people are, gonna, people are going to see it. Um, and, and I... I <sighs> You know, looking at the scorecards, the only one that really honestly does jump out to me, especially those early rounds where where Canelo really didn't throw anything as far as it goes, um, Dave Moretti actually gave a one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, six of the first seven rounds um, in comparison to the contemporaries uh, on the other side where, you know, Julie Letterman gave the first four rounds as a split. Um you know, uh, the the uh, Don Trella gave the first three rounds to to Kovalev. So they're they're definitely seeing different things somewhere somewhere along the lines. I yeah, it was tough. It was it was an interesting fight. I, I did like it. I, I didn't. You know, a lot of people were saying it was boring. You know, a lot of little you know pitter pat, et cetera, et cetera. But it was it was two guys trying to pick their pick their pick their spots. You know, uh, like I said, Buddy McGirt gave him the game plan and said, "Here's what we're gonna do." And and I'm gonna say I'm gonna give props to to Kovalev for sticking to it because I feel like uh, you know, I, I you know, two two to three years ago, I feel like he would just start trying to throw the right like crazy, and and I feel like this fight probably would have been over quicker, um, one way or the other, uh, if he started doing that. But I don't think that necessarily would have been the right game plan for this fight. Uh, do you think? Uh, and obviously, again, with the, the counterpunching of, of Canelo uh, and, and that being his, his true strength, uh, do you think, um, do you fault either of these ones? Do you feel it was a boring fight? Do you, or, or do you think, like, the game plans were the right options for these two? I think the game plans were the right options for these two. Because, like, like I said before, I feel like this fight played out very similar to the to the second Canelo-Triple-G fight where Triple-G you know, was like, well, maybe I should try and fight him from the outside because he does kind of have a hard time fighting guys who don't always come right at him or who guys who use a jab to kind of establish what they're going to do. And I felt like it was a good game plan by Kovalev and the right game plan, but he just couldn't quite execute the entire way do you um do you what what do you think is next obviously you, you mentioned triple g do you do you think uh he goes back down do we get another shot do we get uh the trilogy for golovkin oh i think from what he said after the fight i think i think he's gonna fight triple g again because it'll probably be 
for one, it'll probably be the easiest. It'll probably be an easier fight for him than, say, fighting fighting Charlo, or Andrade. Um, and I think it'd probably be the the biggest money maker. So, I definitely feel like that is on the table, very highly likely, just because there's no way in hell I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna try and fight better Biev or Bavol. That would just not he's he's too small for those guys like and they're just they're coming into their primes and they're not diminished like Kovalev is so if I'm Canelo I'm like taking this win being like yeah I could fight at light heavyweight probably probably not my best weight class but I can beat light heavyweights but I should probably go back down and focus where where I'm best at this is kind of a good little good little uh Feather to throw on my cap, but time to head back down. <laughs> Do, yeah, right. And and I, I kind of agree with you on that one as far as it goes. Do you think there's a matchup? Like I, again, they they really downplay Golovkin as far as as far as what he's done. Yes, he's looked sloppy the last two fights, um, but but at the end of the day, he's still got the job done. Do you think? Um, if Canelo does not face Golovkin, do you think uh, you know uh, you know Andrade's try to kind of go him out there? Do you think a, a Golovkin Andrade matchup is is out of line, out of question, or, um, or 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 does Charlo actually do we see Charlo Andrade before we see um, you know Golovkin versus either one of them? Is 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 it on the line for either of those guys to to mix it up, or are we going to see some more uh, separation of those one sixty pound t- uh, titles? I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go for Golovkin next, just because I feel like he probably thinks that Golovkin's going to be a much easier fight this time around. And then I, whoever, whatever they clear up for the rest of the guys, he's probably gonna. I I would think he's gonna take on one of the younger guys after Golovkin again, just because. I mean, he did fight Danny Jacobs which a lot of people didn't think he was going to fight him. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think Glovkin mm-hmm. and then whoever kind of separates themselves between Charlo and uh, uh, Andrade. Uh, so, you know, the, the undercard had some decent, uh, some decent fights on there. Uh, you know, you got to see the, um, the debut of Holyfield, uh, you know, and, and it was definitely a short, uh, short fight. Um, were there any takeaways on that one or was it just a bull in a China shop, uh, against the, obviously an overmatched opponent, uh, and, uh, and, and just, you know, in, in what, like the 13 seconds that the fight was, is there any takeaway from it? Well, uh, like, I don't, I don't like a lot of people think it was kind of a shitty stoppage, but I don't mind the stoppage, especially with all the guys dying recently. Yeah. Like that yeah. dude, that you know, dude looked, that guy looked totally overmatched. And I think they're going to, they're not going to risk these guys like lives anymore. Like if a guy looks totally overmatched, you know, why not call it? Because he looked like he was going to get pummeled in that fight. And it probably was going to end in a, a very brutal knockout. So I'm fine with the stoppage. I think you're going to see stuff like that happen more, especially with prospects like Holyfield who are, you know, fighting these these like journeyman fighters who kind of are paid to take a beating. You know, I think they're going to 
you're going to start seeing stuff, more stuff like this just because it's just it's not a good look when you have people dying in the ring or after fights and stuff. So more to come of that. But that's really my take on it. Holyfield looks pretty pretty promising, but you know, he was I don't even have any idea who he was fighting, so Yeah, he was fighting Nick Winstead. I I don't know what the guy's record was. All I know is, you know, they're both of equal age as far as it goes. Um, 22 and 21. It was a 16 second fight. A lot of people, like you said, you said, you know, I agree with you actually. I thought it was a good stoppage because in that, in that 16 seconds, I don't think, I don't think Winstead threw one punch. Maybe. And if he did, it was, it was probably like a, in a, in a, uh, that high school, I got to throw something out here and hopefully he hits that instead of my face kind of way, because the, everything that, Holyfield through I, I feel like it was it was just hitting and it was it was thudding too like he he's definitely got uh, some some quickness but obviously I'm I'm curious to see him I want to see him box and and, and I'm I'm curious what the next fight's going to be uh for for Evan Holyfield so yeah I I definitely agree with the stoppage there um uh, also on the undercard obviously we got to see uh you know King Ryan Ryan Garcia uh what did, what did you think of that uh, also short lived fight there. I thought that was a good fight. I mean, it was short, but uh, Ryan Garcia proved his point. Like, that guy was talking so much shit in the lead-up to the fight, and, oh, you're running for me. Give me my shot. Why are you ducking me? And that guy got what he asked for. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Romero Duno, yeah. It, he uh, There was definitely the, the T-shirt gimmick and the other one where uh, – where Ryan Garcia's opponent uh, apparently arrested before the before the bout. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, young kid, you know, Ryan and I actually got to see him out in Las Vegas when we were there. And same thing. Um, my big question here is, you know, now that now that he's seems to be stable, it was his longest uh, longest time off for a fight there. Do you think they're going to put him up against somebody to get a premier matchup for him? I mean, we've not. He, I don't think he's gone more than three rounds in a fight. No, I mean, I don't know if I would say premier, but I think they're going to probably try and set him up with a, a, a name now, like at least a name that you kind of recognize or like someone who's, you know, not as into boxing as we are will recognize. So I think they're going to move. I think they're going to keep moving along and think this, the next person that he fights will probably be is, toughest test to date yeah he's got to have one it's one of those things where again i I look at him he's got all the talent in the world you see the obviously everyone knows the social media he's you know and and they've said it about 15 times in the in the uh in the the 20 second bout where he's got the complete package he's got the looks he's got the skills he does got the talent you know what i mean but i want to know if he can act what he does when uh when he's actually um tested and that hasn't happened yet. You know, some people were throwing out tank. Does does and and do you do you think? I mean, obviously, I think you had to build to that a little bit more for both guys. But do you think uh, that match sounds intriguing? Uh, potentially one of the strongest hitters in the division uh, versus one of the fastest. Do you how do you, how do you feel about that? That would be a, that that would be a good matchup down the line. Right now, I I, I don't know if I'm ready to see it, but. Like, that could be an intriguing matchup down the road. But, I mean, this Duno was, like, Duno was a one-loss guy before before he fought Garcia the other night. And 
was supposed to be like his probably his toughest test and like a, a legitimate like test for him and he handled them like no problem so I don't know man but tank that would be cool down the road not quite ready for that yet yeah I would other guys I'd rather there's there's other guys I'd rather see tank fight like, yeah I bigger, I bigger like names. Tank. Yeah, but I mean at the same time, man, like I, I do look, I look forward to that fight because obviously we we've seen we've also seen Tank a little underwhelming. You know, we've seen him miss weight before, um, and but yep. he still got the job done. Um, but I wanted, you know, again, same situation. We've also seen him focused and uh, and and what can happen there. That's that can that has potential for for definitely a good uh, a good matchup down the line. Um, the uh, other undercard fight, which I thought was absolutely, I thought it was probably obviously the best fight of the night as far as being able to, being able to longevity of it. Uh, the, the Sinisa Strada versus, um, versus Marlon Esparza, the, the women's boxing match. That was a, uh, a scheduled, I think, uh, what, 10 round fight. Um, but the difference here is they were going, uh, they were going three minute rounds. Normally women's fights go two minutes. Um, yep. you know, the, the boxing association site, uh, you know, quote unquote, women's are more prone to, to concussions. Um, and they're looking out for that aspect of them. But obviously, uh, in, in a world of, of equal challenges, um, these ladies put it all on the line. Um, let's see, uh, Estrada, you know, kind of walked into a headbutt early into the fight and, um, and I'm sorry, not a, I'm sorry. Esparza walked into a headbutt there early on and, and, and cut the, uh, cut just a, about about an inch above her her eyebrow um and just it just kept getting there's clashes and i think the ref really missed a lot on these clashes but these ladies were throwing and, and she threw a lot of heart in there but ultimately she couldn't go i was uh her cut man definitely did the job um keeping her in that fight but uh for all intents and purposes man at one point it was pretty gruesome uh i tried to get uh ryan's attention on it and he looked at it but uh he's been desensitized because he's been watching japanese deathmatch wrestling and uh and he, he was like huh tis a flesh wound and uh and, and me I'm, I'm over here like oh my god she's gonna die like throw and throw the damn towel um, the only cut that I've seen worse than that, to be perfectly honest, was the, the Badu Jack one. And, uh, yeah, I was going to ask, I was going to ask how bad it was it compared to Badu Jack's nasty cut. And, and that's the thing, like this was, uh, uh, you know, this was, I would say worse than Badu Jack's, except Badu's just kept bleeding and bleeding. Um, and, and this one, obviously the, the cut man just, I mean, he kept it, he kept it so good, um, there's just not much I, I, I there's I don't know what I could say other than that. It was definitely a, truly a brutal uh brutal cut. Uh, it definitely towards the end there as well. Um yeah, obviously she couldn't end up going out. She said she couldn't do any more. Um, you know, so there's the uh there is the end of the fight there. Um apparently some bad beef between these two ladies as well and uh and it's not done. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going to try to do, uh, if they're going to try to do another one, I think Estrada wants to move on from it, but, um, yeah, it was, it was an entertaining fight. I had, I had a good time watching it. I, I had a lot of concern, but, uh, also I've, I've been a big advocate for, you know, I, we're big Clarissa Shields fans on this show and, um, and, yep. and, you know, she's, she's mentioned the, uh, the three minute rounds and it was nice to see, um, 
nice to see ladies get that opportunity and, and, and see what they can do. There was times where, again, you feel like that knockout is an inevitable, and I feel like you get that extra minute in these, um, in these competitors, um, and it's going to happen. And I think there will definitely be more, um, more fights and more names worth mentioning if you give these, uh, give these ladies the opportunities. Um, I also feel like, uh, you know, you know I, I'm, I'm no doctor, I'm no expert as far as that goes, but I feel like um, maybe that data could be a little inconclusive since – um, since obviously women's boxing, not as many competitors and obviously the sample size is so much smaller. So, so yeah. if you're going to say, Oh yeah, the three minute round thing is they're all getting hurt. Well, if you've only had six fights at three minute rounds or, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not going to say it's six fights, but it's certainly a smaller number than obviously the men's numbers, then yeah, your, your data is going to be skewed. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see. You know, I'm curious to see, and obviously there's definitely some big matchups. Uh, T- Katie Taylor won her fight this weekend. Um, Cecilia Breakhouse uh, tweeted out and said, you know, we'll see you soon. So maybe we'll see uh, a Taylor-Breakhouse match. Um, and, and and definitely some good names in women's boxing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Couldn't agree God, more. Oh, my God. Uh, if you check our group chat, by the way, uh, Ryan's uh, just, just got like the uh, – the semicircle, and I don't even think that's the worst of it. Actually, uh, I feel like it, it at one point it was even a little bigger than that. But uh, Look, you can see like you can see like white. <laughs> she busts that head to the white meat show. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean it was it was definitely a good fight. Um, and and again, I, worthy of being on the card. So so shout outs to both those ladies for 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 definitely uh, making a name for themselves and, and again putting on a good product for it. Um, let's see, uh, upcoming, obviously with the fights, you know, we got the, the Ruiz Joshua, uh, fiasco, uh, coming up here. It's going to be taking place in Saudi Arabia. I'm not sure if, uh, they'll be able to make their flights home depending on, uh, if there's some WWE access there or like, uh, if they're using the same travel agent, maybe, um, oh my God. <laughs> but, uh, but I can't I believe digress. that what happened. I can't believe what happened with that. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sure Ryan might have just spit take as I got to squeeze on an e uh, e reference uh, for that one, but uh, he or maybe he's groaning in in pain. Um, but yeah, you know that's that's the next big one on the on the docket there. Um, we also got Wilder and uh, Ortiz too, uh, also looking like it's going to be another another awesome fight. So I'm hoping uh, if that one's anywhere near as good as the first one, that we're going to be seeing some special stuff uh, going into the uh, nice fourth quarter. Uh, anything else you want to take away from this fight or this, uh, this card? Uh, I mean, just, uh, another, another good card, um, from, uh, put on by the zone. They seem to be, uh, putting on a lot of good cards and it's pretty entertaining and seeming to be that it's probably worth, worth the money that they so, are charging people. There you go. So, so one thing that I did take away from this, uh, I did not like having to wait for the UFC fight to finish up. Uh, and oh, I'm curious, God. you know, there was a lot of waiting around. At one point, I swear, Kovalev's taking a nap on his big leather couch. Uh, you, you would think, uh, you know, and then, you know, they got to warm back up again. Same with Canelo. Canelo seemed like he was ready for about an hour. And then uh, he, even, he even sat down on the couch and relaxed for a little bit. Uh, you know, and then uh, ultimately, underwhelming finish for... Um, actually talking about cuts, uh, underwhelming finish for the Jorge Mazadal and Nate Diaz, uh, you know, battle for the bad motherfucker belt because the fight gets stopped, uh, a doctor stoppage because of a cut. 
uh, on Nate Diaz. And, uh, and the cut, uh, definitely in comparison to what Ryan just sent us, uh, nowhere near as intense, nor uh, in place of. Um, so, you know, it was, it was like a cheek cut. It wasn't like in the eyes. It wasn't, it was just a really weird, a weird way to finish such a highly touted bout from Dana White and company. Is there any takeaway for that for you? I just, I'm, I'm surprised I stopped it because Diaz usually starts picking it up kind of later on after he's been cut or something happens and all of a sudden, you know, he usually starts fighting. So I'm surprised they stopped it in that aspect. But I swear, I think the UFC just has some out for Diaz, and they probably just didn't want him to to win anyways because I swear, like, they just they don't like – I just I don't think the Diaz's really like the UFC, and I don't think the UFC really likes the Diaz's. So I honestly just well, think you, they just want, kind of want him out of there maybe. I don't know. Kind of, it's just weird to me. You know, it's and yeah, and there's a lot of weirdness going up. You know, suddenly Diaz is out of the fight, and then he's back in the fight, um, leading up mm-hmm. to this as well. Um, obviously, a big money maker too. You don't want that. You don't want your headlining fight to get dropped off the card. Um, you know, for for a tchotchke belt that The Rock was handing out at the end. Um, you know, it's. <laughs> It's really weird, and especially you know again the lead up and the and the, and the talk about uh, oh we shouldn't have the event on the same day they're gonna get killed. I, I'm a little disappointed in 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 the uh, zone for for um, kind of bowing down for that extra thirty minutes or so while that fight was going on. I you know I understand obviously Garcia's fight was expected to go longer. Um, Holyfield was only a four round fight anyway, so that one really didn't make much of a difference. But uh, you know. That was that was a little disappointing portion of that of that night um, between the two events. Um, I like the Nate Diaz conspiracy as far as that goes. And, and speaking of conspiracies, I, I kind of want to switch gears and talk NBA if you're all right with that. Is that, is that all right? That's fine. Um, obviously, you know we're getting word that uh, that the Golden State Warriors suffered another injury, and I, I texted out their. Uh, starting lineup the other night uh did you have any thoughts on that starting lineup after uh after after curry apparently broke his hand that might be that that team might be just as bad as the timberwolves team if you take carl anthony towns out of their starting lineup oh wait they won without carl anthony towns in their starting lineup <laughs> Never oh man there. You know, yeah, right. Yeah, and that, but that's that's the interesting thing there. I mean, again, that team is literally a a shell of what it has been, and it's well, funny. I mean, even you, even a guy that like is a backup for Golden State, that's a pretty fairly well known backup, Jordan Bell. He's not there anymore. He's actually placed with Timberwolves now. Like so, like there's like there's no like nobody from that team. Livingston, I think, is gone. He retired, didn't he? I believe he did. Jordan Bell's not there. Swaggy P's is gone. Um, yeah, you had uh, Glenn Robinson the third, Jordan Poole, Kai Bowman, Eric Eric Pascal, uh, and Willie Cauley Stein. Um, I, I got to be honest, two of these guys, like if you would have said their names to me, I'd have been like, oh, is is he like, uh, is he like the the dude at at uh, you know the the doorman at uh, you know the the St. Paul hotel or what? Like I, I couldn't pick half these guys out in a lineup. You know what I mean? Like I, like 
outside of Willie Colley Stein and, uh, and, and Glenn Robinson, the third, like, yep. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's bad for golden state right now, but I mean, now, you, it's shit, like stuff like this happens in sports. You're on top of the world for so long. And then you finally, unless you're the Patriots, but then you finally kind of <laughs> start uh, the Patriots, to work your way. way no like, undefeated. Um, but carry on. You kind of start to work your way back down to the pack. And that could be what's happening in the Golden State now. You know, and it might have been a good run. for It, it might have been, that might have been their run. Maybe they're just tanking. Maybe they see something in the in the upcoming draft that they just really like, so they just said, screw it, you guys are all on the IR, we'll take the year off and win it next year. Maybe. <laughs> that'd be the uh, that'd be ridiculous. That, that'll be a, a, the worst take. I'll, well, the second worst take I'll, I'll make, obviously, uh, between the Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Kevin Love comparison uh, uh, from two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I mean... Um, other, uh, other big things in the NBA, obviously, uh, you know, when we talk about beefs, we're also going to talk about, uh, speaking of Carl Anthony Towns, how about Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid, uh, kind of rolling around on the floor and, um, and playing a little pitter patter with the hands there, uh, in their recent matchup. Uh, did you see some of the Twitter comments that came after that? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Embiid's kind of trying to play this tough guy role a little too hard because he's not a tough guy. Carl Anthony Towns isn't a tough guy, but MB just really needs to kind of, I think, chill a little bit and just kind of let his, let his game speak for itself because in that fight, he didn't do much. Ben Simmons did the most, and Ben Simmons had to kind of sneak in from behind and put Carl Anthony Towns in the crippler cross face. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you know it's funny. I was looking at that, and, and, and obviously Ben Simmons and uh, and 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 Cat have a relationship. You know they like to nerd out and play video games together. So I I I'm unsure. You know the, you know the Timberwolves are saying they're not happy with the fact that he got to put a uh, you know a a rear naked choke on on Cat. But at the same time, do do you believe that that it was you know when you when, the picture of it looks bad? But do you believe that he was actually cranking on it? I mean, ow, there's you could have held, restrained him other ways. Like if I was like Cat or someone on the Timberwolves, I'd be pissed off too because it's like, dude, there's other ways you can you can like hold him back or try and restrain him. That's kind of just kind of whack. Yeah, I think it's going a little. I think it's going a little too overboard, honestly. Unless you are like trying to like really have like you like. He could have just held him back. He didn't have to like put him in a lock. Like I just, you know, I felt like that was just him sticking up for his teammate. And you know, I think he probably should have got suspended too, just because that was a little, a little above what he probably had really had to do. So. Yeah, speaking of uh, doing a little above what you had to do, obviously the, the tweets from Joel Abid, great team win. I was raised around lions and a cat pulled on me tonight. Uh, got his mama giving me middle fingers left and right. That's some serious real estate. Fight night. Uh, hashtag fight night. Hashtag I ain't no bitch. Um, cat did follow that up. Uh, obviously, uh, 
Jimmy Butler got a little uh, subtweet action in there too, and somehow he got brought into all this, which is absolutely hilarious. I thought, um, but uh, Joel Embiid, uh, uh, you know, or, or the cat kind of tweeted out with the old, uh, uh, you know, uppercase, lowercase, uh, like the SpongeBob, you know, deformed meme face. Uh, I ain't no bitch raised around lions. And then, uh, you know, with some clown emojis and some hatch and a hashtag bitch talk. Uh, Joel Embiid fired back on that Instagram post saying, imagine talking after a 20 point loss. You hate to see it. Go ahead. Using that pick of me carrying on the loss in the second round of the playoffs. Oh wait, you've never been there. Uh, you don't know what it's like. Uh, no cap finally won three games. And he's talking about, I know you ain't talking. You've been a pussy your whole life. And that's why you were treated like a bitch by you know who and i ain't gonna put your business out but i got the facts about you don't get it twisted i own you uh there's also reference to the third stringers uh that uh that you know they uh <laughs> that won uh in that scrimmage with with uh with butler uh there's mm-hmm. lots of <laughs> is this beef over or is it overhyped uh do you think it's something that'll carry on in their next me- uh, their next meeting or uh, or do you think uh, maybe it's just for, you know, maybe it's an inside job, speaking conspiracy, conspiracy theories? Yeah. I'm, I don't think – I think they have a legitimate, like, rivalry. And I don't think they really care for each other, and I don't think they ever really have. So I think the beef is legitimate. I mean, it could be kind of pre-cooked, non-Wendy's beef, but – could have, it could be some frozen some frozen beef established by the NBA, but I mean I don't know I don't think so I feel like these guys have kind of legitimately been kind of sort of sparring with each other or just kind of going towards this for a while because when they play each other it's usually they're usually very competitive. And Embiid, you know, he talks a lot. So, um, it's, I think it's legitimate. And I think Towns is probably just sick of the, sick of the talk. Well, you know, you know what that means. And, and, and based on my, my, my terrible comments, uh, two weeks ago, that means, that means Towns has to step up and that, that's, and that's all I got to say about that. Hey, we're four and one. I, I, I see that. I see that, and but the oddly enough, the one loss, like you said, was a twenty pointer against uh, uh, you know in, in a in a game where he got kicked out of, and um, I, just and think, I think the Sixers are just I think the Sixers are a better team. Like I don't really I think not like eight out of ten times they're gonna beat us just because they're just we don't match up well with them. If you watch that game, we can't shoot. And they have really good interior defenders, so we're like trying to drive to the basket and getting our shots blocked. Try and shoot outside. Towns is the only person on our team that can really make three pointers right now. Well, I mean Wiggins had that stretch where he knocked down like four in a row, but like still, like this this team just they don't they don't match up good with the Sixers at this point, and that's just what it is. Yes. Uh, obviously, I would be pained to not acknowledge the fact that the Timberwolves are four and one, um, Lakers five and one. Uh, obviously, both of those the one and two seed currently in the West, which is kind of Your crazy to LeBron. think about that. Your boy LeBron's <laughs> going off. LeBron James. Um, 
Yeah, well, you know, yeah, yes, he triple double the other night, actually in a dueling triple double game against the uh, against the Mavericks there. Um, you know, but that team is so much deeper in comparison to the Timberwolves, and and that's what that's yeah. what separates that's what separates championship caliber teams. It's not and it's not just the starting five. It's the guys. It's the guys that can give you the quality minutes when you are resting your big guns. When when somebody like Cat maybe does get in foul trouble because a guy like Embiid is is pissing him off. So, so, you know, there's, there's definitely that, that level. It it was really interesting. I was talking about it with a coworker the other day too. And and as much as we dogged the guy, actually both guys, um, JaVale McGee, obviously is getting the start for the, for the Lakers. And then you have a a previous defensive player of the year coming off the bench to give those quality minutes and embracing that. That is absurd. Um, Yeah. You know, so, so I don't know. I, I, as, as much as I, I give, Ryan a hard time dude's right to be definitely uh pleased with the with our current Laker uh our our Laker team because uh I'm gonna say our Laker team and and he's gonna be pissing me off didn't need him didn't need him um but uh just wait till Kuzma gets back yeah I oh I know but uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm waiting for a text that says we question mark our question mark uh, and he's gonna call me Clipper Daryl or something. Give you the. gonna give you the. What's his the what's his face gif? The, 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 that's me, man. I dropped the Steve. Steve I dropped the Balmer. I dropped them Balmer gifts all day long. All right, ah, Steve Balmer, baby. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's definitely cause to be excited. Uh, and and yeah, I'm I'm curious to see. What, you know, again, we're 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 six games in for for all intents and purposes, five for the most part. You know where we're going to end at the end of it for both the, the Timberwolves and this West as a whole. I mean, look at the Rockets. They're only playing 500 ball right now. The Trailblazers, 500 ball right now. The Clippers are four and two, but they're, they're winning tonight. Um, you know, and, uh, and yeah, there's, there's the Suns are, are currently four and two, which is just absurd when you think about that. Um, but uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of great matchups up and down. It's still a long season. You know, health is going to matter for a lot of these teams, and, and especially for some of these aging aging veterans. I mean, shoot, uh, LeBron LeBron's already losing his hair on the court. Um, oh my god! But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, that was crazy. Uh, the, yeah, you know, just I, let I, it go, LeBron. You know, just I was going to say he needs to he needs to embrace. Uh, maybe he just needs to go full Jordan on it and just bick it. You know what I mean? Like. I, I would be. I, I think that's that's the route you got to take at this point. You can't you can't play those games anymore, LeBron. You can't do that. I don't want him to be uh, Carlos Boozer with the with the the shoe polish hair the, either. The magic marker, the ma- the Magnum <laughs> magic marker hair, looking like Jude Law, looking like Jude Law's hair from AI. Oh my God, dude, look like. Uh, you look like like you know like as a kid when you were playing with Legos and you just pop that little little, little hairpiece on and you just put that little plastic hairpiece right back on, like it looked like one of those joints. What was Carlos that stupid Boozer show? Was... What was that? What was that stupid show with those people? It was like a kid show. It was like sporty or something, and those people had those like they had like the the bad guy had like the like the fake ass like plastic looking hair. Was, was, like that, was that a weird show? There was like, re, I remember Reboot. Reboot had a hella plastic looking people. I know that. 
But uh, <laughs> that's just that's just a hard left turn. Um, I you know, but yeah, the NBA season definitely been fun so far. Some interesting games and uh, and performances, um, and definitely looking forward to it. Um, you know, Minnesota definitely getting a little shine right now. But again, that depth's gonna matter. Um, switching gears, switching ge- gears of war. Um, we're going to go, uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, other Minnesota here. Uh, the, the other one that's currently undefeated, uh, shout outs to number 13, Minnesota golden golfers, uh, this upcoming week, they're going to be uh, part of a great doubleheader of four undefeated teams. Uh, Minnesota Penn state opening it up at a, with the early 11 o'clock game. And then you got number one versus number two, LSU and Alabama, uh, taking the reins there. Uh, at the 2:30 game, uh, both games going to be very exciting. Uh, we were lobbying uh, hard to try to get us a, a game day uh, um, game day to host uh, here in, in Minneapolis, and, and obviously ultimately fell short despite the the coach pep talk there. Uh, this game obviously means a lot for us as Minnesotans, but also just uh, for the university as a whole, because I don't think I can remember a time in my existence that they've been a top 10 team, um, let alone being 8 and 0. I believe they're coming in this game as uh, as underdogs, and uh, and what are the thoughts, man? How excited are you for this uh, for this game? I'm pretty excited. I just I know if, if we lose this game, it's going to be off of PJ's head again. But but for the most part, I'm I'm pretty excited for it, and I, I hope they can pull it out. Um, last time I think we might have been ranked in the top ten was. When we were played Michigan, I think when we were like play, we were like playing Michigan. It was at the dome. It was uh, when Michigan had like I'm trying to think of who their players were. It was a running a running running back for Chris uh, Chris Perry, I think it was. He was a running back that was really good for Michigan that got drafted by the Bengals, and I believe it was when we had Barber and Maroney at the time. I think Oof. and I think we were like in the top ten going into that Michigan game. Michigan was in the top ten as well. And I remember Cook and I were watching that game, and we were up by like 14, and we ended up blowing it and losing the game, and that was like pretty much the season after, like, after that, but that's like the last time I think that that we were, or last time I can remember us being like ranked really high. So, so yeah. Yeah. That. Um, but anyways, I'm gonna move on. Sorry, I, I just had to kind of get that, those random thoughts out. But yeah, I I think I think this is a huge game. I think we have a, a very good chance to win. I do think Penn State is has a better team. So we're definitely going to have to come in with a good game plan and hope for some some luck. But let's let's do it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, six and a half point favorites right now. Um, so definitely a uh, definitely a a, a bulky uh, <laughs> a bulky line there because that's a, that's a ten point swing when you think about it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely it. Should, it I, I really wanted game day. I thought I thought the guys deserve it, but at the same time, it's hard. It's hard to deny number one, number two. I thought uh, with with you know the other game being a, a, a CBS game that ESPN would uh, 
uh, and the, and the, the mouse ears would give us a little more love. Um, and, uh, and maybe put us on that, that ABC, uh, that premiere slot, but you know, I didn't think it can't happen. You can't always get what you want. No. And I think, you know, go out there and win this game. So maybe next year we can have game day here, but I didn't think they were going to, I just, I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought it was a good attempt, but I just, I figured they'd go with the. The more established teams. So we're not quite there here, yet. Here's the thing. Obviously, there's still another big big matchup this weekend because you got Wisconsin versus Iowa. Um, both those teams also still on our schedule, and both those teams also still ranked at this current time. Um, uh, Wisconsin, uh, obviously, if they lose this game, um, I believe we pretty much lock up the, uh, you know, short of. Um, Actually, I think if we beat them, we'll actually clinch the 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 division if if we win one of the next two games. Um, so we would be facing the winner of the uh, the well, it'll be Ohio State. We we all know that at this point. Um, yeah, you know, in the in the Big Ten championship. So so Wisconsin definitely in a, in a must win situation as far as being a being a potential uh, Big Ten champion. Um, Iowa definitely got some points there. We would face Iowa next week, so obviously an opportunity for. Uh, Iowa to maybe host um, that game day situation there. But if, if Wisconsin beats Iowa, um, the last opportunity for us would be that last weekend. It would be Minnesota versus uh, Wisconsin. And that would be here in, uh, in Minneapolis. So, um, you know, there's still a shot that for even be, this year. That which, could be crucial. Yeah. And that could be super crucial given the, uh, and, and it's still a to be determined game as far as time goes. So yeah, that could definitely be, that could, who knows if we, that could be, and I'm not going to put any weight into this at all, but we could potentially be undefeated, you know, playing for a potential playoff spot if, if going into that game, d- depending on how these things shake up, right? Yeah. I mean, because that means, because at this point, Alabama, LSU, that means one of those guys are getting knocked out of the top 25. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have um, Penn State's currently number five. Which means if we beat, that means we would have beaten them. So they're out of the top twenty. They're they're getting out of the top five. So now you know yep. now you got Ohio State, LSU, uh, and Clemson, which are your your one, two, and three for sure. If we beat Iowa, Penn State, and Wisconsin, uh, even current in our current situation of being thirteen, you have to assume we're going to sneak in on that at large bid. Unless, well, again, the only way we we would still have to play Ohio State in the dang. Uh, the the Big Ten championship, so pretty much yeah. that's that that becomes a play-in game for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's absurd. I I can't imagine. I just can't think of a situation where, you know, we get to see the Gophers playing for something so relevant in this next stretch of four games. I, I Man, it's if, so awesome. If we made the playoffs, if we made the playoffs, and we lost in the playoffs. Fans would want PJ Flex fired. No, no, because no way. If we win a Big Ten championship, no. If we win a Big Ten championship, I refuse to believe that because that means we would have won the Big Ten championship by beating Ohio State. If we beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship, we're gonna erect a a trophy outside of TCF Bank of Fleck. No, I'm telling you, he's gonna have a Smedium shirt. 
and he's gonna ha- he'll have like a, a little canoe, and he's gonna be rowing that boat because because no, if he wins a Big Ten championship, no and all way. All the people are gonna be like, all the people are gonna be like, stop rowing the boat. That's so stupid. Why do you gotta be so <laughs> rah rah rah? No, there's no way. If he wins, if he wins a Big Ten championship, there is no way this dude, this, uh, he could, he could, he could kill somebody on Nicolette Avenue and get away with it if he wins a Big Ten championship. They're gonna be like, nope, you couldn't win the big one, PJ. We, oh you, you're no, not, you're not very good. You gotta, God. we need, we need to move on. We need to find someone else who's not so rah rah rah. Oh, dude, could you like, again? Just, uh, just, I'm not even. I'm gonna say we, we, we fall short of the playoff. But let's say hypothetically, in this weird, a uh, weird galaxy we live in, what happens to our recruiting class if we, if we beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship? Oh, like it would get even like uh, it would give us so much notoriety. Oh my God! Lot. I mean, he's already doing a good job as it is recruiting. Job recruiting as it is right now. Yeah, God, that'd be awesome. That's just crazy. I, but I mean, right, that's, can, that's, can, so we can lose this Penn State game and run the table after the Penn State game, and people still want Fleck fired. There's no, no. I refuse to believe that's going to be the sentiment. I refuse. I'm telling you, I refuse. people hate him. No, there's people, no way. This fan base hates him. So we lose the governor's bell, but we keep the axe, and we get we get Floyd Pig or Rosedale. No way. There's no way that anybody has anything to say about PJ Fleck. I'm telling you, I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I bet you just <laughs> go for his fan base. Oh, I already man. know a lot I already know a lot of people who are like, he's not beating anyone. They're not beating anyone. I'm like I'm like, but they're still they're killing they're, they're killing these teams. They're killing these teams that they never kill in the past. Like, matter, since he's been here, we had we have we won the governor's bell. We had the jug, and we currently have the axe. Like, what are you talking about? He hasn't beaten anybody. I'm telling you, man. Like combined, combined the number of times we've held those trophies in our lifetimes, some of them at the same time. No way. Ugh. I'm telling oh, you, our fan base. I, I'm not even. I'm not even a fleck. I'm like. I'm not a big like fleck. You know, like. I'm not going to say I dislike the guy. I'm, I'm not one way or the other. You know what I mean? I'm not ready to crown him. But here's the thing. is if he, if he does what you just said, if he loses to Penn State but then runs the rest of the table, dawn, there's no way. A one-win, a one-loss gopher team? No way. They'll be like, he didn't one. beat anyone. He didn't, beat, he didn't win the big game. The, the big game's the, the the big game's not Penn State. I mean, granted, it, it is right now. You know what I mean? But like, the the big game's Wisconsin every year. We don't play. We play Wisconsin every year. We play Iowa every year. We don't play Penn State every year. You know what yeah. I mean? The 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 big game. Like, are you kidding? If we had the axe two years in a row, when's the last time we had the axe two years in a row? I don't know. We haven't had it for like what, like over a decade. Well, we have it now. Yeah, I'm saying, but we before we haven't had it. We didn't have it for what, like over a decade. Like, oh yeah, or was yeah. it a year like, longer? Like it was like it was, it was something like 15 years or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm taking you, a peek right now. I because you know I didn't expect to get this in depth on the Gophers and the absurdity of. I I I almost don't believe 
the the this the, I I fail to believe the statement you're making on that one. So hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. It was fifteen years before before last year when we had the axe. Then we won it before that, but then again it was a split situation where we did not win it consecutively. So the last the last time the last time we won it consecutively was 1993 and 1994. That's crazy. I, I, that's yeah. that's absurd. Ninety three, ninety four. God, I, I, I'm trying to do the math in my head. What is I like? Twelve years old. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. God, we got beat. Oh, and then. Uh, the number of times that Wisconsin was like, the, the, we're never ranked when we played. Like, we never ranked when we played it. Like, like, like number five was. We always play them when they're number five. Number five Wisconsin. Number five Wisconsin. Number fourteen yeah. Wisconsin. This is crazy. That's nah, now. Now you gotta look up. Now you gotta look up the governor's bell because that's 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 the trophy we're going for now. Uh, trophy. Because uh, yeah, that's that's the one. I. I let's see. There we go. The old governor, the governor's bell. And oddly enough, the first meeting for the bell was 1993. So that's when we established it. And this one, this one actually a little cleaner. It's, you know, they won the first four years. We won the next four years. Then uh, they won the next four years. And then we, we traded off the last two. So they're, they're still ahead in this. Uh, they currently have it because we lost it in 2016. But uh, yeah, I, that's in, in overtime in 2016, no less. So like that was a competitive game. Um yeah, I don't know. I actually looking at these Penn State scores, like I, we've only been blown out like twice. One of one of them being uh, in 1994, a 56 to three uh, routing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's no. If if we win the axe back to back, dude's got nothing to worry about. Oh, nothing to worry about. Like for from like the U from of fans. M themselves. No, but no, I'm telling fan. you, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, what's our benchmark on this one? So, who are we going to say like just generic people? Or are we going to say is, is there's actually going to be an article written about uh, his underperformance? Oh, there. It's it's more like it's more the I, it's not too much in the media. It's more of the fans, mm-hmm. like just like talking with Gophers fans and stuff. Man, they just they a lot of them do not like him. Because he's too like, he's too like now, rah rah rah, and he like I I think I think his attitude is good, like especially it, the way he conducts himself, especially for the younger crowd, yeah. like and he's not Brewster, he's not Brewster rah rah, no, and he can actually he's actually better than Brewster, like he's a better recruiter and. Better play like, caller, better motivator, better. Yeah, he's better, just, he's better than he's everything. Better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I. Man, I'm all riled up now, man. I, I'm just like, no, like I refuse to believe it. I, it's like you know, you know who I know definitely don't like him is other perennial Big Ten, um, Big Ten program fans. I remember the week leading up to the um, to the Nebraska game, and I was reading some tweets, and man, those Nebraska fans. Oh man, they they were like, 
oh, I can't stand him. He's super rah rah rah. Like they they were they were going hard on him too, and uh, and they were like, oh, I can't wait until we we smash this that 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 wussy team with that over uh, overzealous coach. Row that boat makes me sick. Blah blah blah. And then and then they got drummed obviously uh, because Nebraska hasn't been worth a tinker's damn uh, in, in about uh, about honestly about as long as we've been uh, the last time we won a back to back axes from Wisconsin. So. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's pretty crazy. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'd be curious to see. Uh, I, in fact, I would love to hear a person call in uh, and tell us that. So, so three four seven eight five seven one zero six zero. If you're actually not uh, a fan of what he has done, or if you're you're saying oh, he still hasn't done anything, because I, I, I still refuse to believe that. Also, we're winning bowl games. Granted, it's not great bowl games, but we're we're making them and we're winning them. We've been bowl eligible for for two weeks now for two for two games. We won six games two weeks ago because we're we're eight and zero. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Row that boat. He's gonna get, <laughs> he's, gonna get jo- he, he's gonna get a job somewhere else, and then they're gonna complain about the next guy who comes in. Florida so. State. Florida State just opened up. I heard uh, Mike. I heard actually. I heard. Well, I read an article saying that Florida State is really looking at Mike Leach. Why? Like of all, like what has Mike Leach done? He has good. He usually has good offenses. I mean, God. They, I I think I think in a, at Florida State, he could recruit a lot of like, if you pair him with a defensive a defensive coordinator, he could recruit the hell out of Florida probably and get a lot of good players and bring that high flying offense to Florida state. I don't know. I, I've always kind of liked Mike Leach as a coach. Uh, but, but he's a whack job. Like, have you ever watched some of his press conferences? He's, he, he's a weirdo. He cracks me up though. <laughs> he says he cracks me up. He's the tolerable weirdo. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, Mike Leach does not, he's like, Rick, I, he's kind of like Rick Majerus to me. Sort of, but not quite as. He's like Rick. He's like a little. He's like a little more out, more out there than Rick Majerus. But he's kind of like along the same lines. Kind of overweight, ugly, crazy, angry dude. Who says a lot of funny stuff. Okay, so here, here's what I'm gonna say. All right, he he had ten years at Texas Tech. He was eighty-four and forty-three. Um, you know, sixty-six percent win percentage. At Washington State, he's uh, he's fifty three and forty four. He's he's only a fifty four percent coach. And in the last two or three years alone, Oregon is a shell of what it used to be. USC is a shell of what it used to be. Um, you know, Washington State is. I mean, the, the Huskies have done more in recent years than Washington State. There's no way I, I can't. Mike Leach is a name, but he's a name that I don't think elevates Florida State. It's not, he's not bigger than Florida State. You know, I, I would, I would almost. There's a tiny piece in me that would rather see Mac Brown leave North Carolina now and go to Florida State than I, than I would um, to see Mike Leach get that job. I think his offense, I think his offense would fit well in that in that division. So I, I think I don't know. I think he'd be a good fit in Florida State. Not saying he's oh, like the greatest coach ever. But. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I think his style works. I think you're right in that. But again, I just, I just, I don't. Know. I look at, I look at him. 
you know, he's 500 and like he's only made four bowl games in his eight career, eight years at, at Washington state. And he's only won two of them. You know, the best one was the Alamo bowl, you know, in, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, that's not exactly something again that you, you want to see going forward. Whereas, but I think he would have more, he would have more recruiting power at, at Florida state, like just being at Florida state. Probably oh, yeah, elevate, obviously. elevate the players that he would get, and I'd think like, just think like of what he with his system, what it does with players that, like, aren't like, super highly touted like coming out coming out of high school and stuff. Like, his offenses still always put up numbers. I mean, just imagine what he could do if with, he actually with Florida talent. Yeah. Yeah, or with like more like just more like more access to more talent. So I don't know. It's interesting, but yeah, see what happens. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I, it'd be an interesting concept, but yeah, if, if that's, if that's the, the, the big piece right now, man, I don't, I don't know. I, if that's the case, I'm not sure, uh, you know, Florida state's the, uh, <laughs> Florida state's the, the, the option for them. I, I just, ah, uh, that's weird. Mike Leach. Did he lock a kid in a closet? I think that was maybe maybe he did, I, or like maybe it was like fabricated. I think that was yeah because was it, it was um some some like famous person's kid, <laughs> it was like some famous person's kid that he I th- supposedly did that to. I think like that's crazy. Craig James maybe like Craig James's kid. Oh damn. <laughs> that's pretty messed up. That if that's I, I, I don't know. I, I just I'm just just remembering on that one. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know how we ended up at four. Oh yeah, we were talking about jobs for 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 uh, <laughs> for 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 PJ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then again, just obviously, I, I don't know if anybody didn't hear that, but uh, obviously, Florida State uh, uh, after two years already parting ways with. Uh, with their hedge coach. Um, so, you know, Willie Taggart didn't, uh, didn't, uh, didn't, didn't do much in the ACC. And, uh, but at, at the same time, I almost look at, you know, two years. I mean, you, you got one set of red, red shirt freshmen still in there. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. How, I am not sure. I, I feel that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just there. I don't, there are some teams where you like at a place like Florida State. I just I think they just aren't feeling them. Like I think it's one of those things where even though a lot of times two years isn't enough. Yeah. Sometimes like a big program like Florida State can like just tell like this guy just isn't going to work out. I don't know. I, that's maybe their feelings behind it, but yeah, they definitely kind of cut bait on them pretty quick. Yeah. You know, and again, it's only two years in, I mean, I look at that and then I think of, um, you know, I, I obviously, you know, this year, uh, Harbaugh looking at being at the hot seat, obviously won his last two games, one against uh, Notre Dame, which is one of his biggest wins of his career thus far in Michigan. Um, and then the uh, the second one, uh, you know, again drubbing uh, Maryland this week. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's 
you know, you're right. Schools are very, very competitive, especially you got, you got to win now, that win now culture. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, co- that's college football. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be following it very closely again next week with the, with the, the, the big, uh, battle of the unbeatens LSU, Alabama. What, um, who you got for that game? Alabama. I haven't really paid too much attention to either team. I've been pretty much all about the Gophers, but I don't know. It's hard to bet against Alabama most of the time. So, yeah, no. What I mean, what do you? you it's like betting against the Patriots. You know, I, I was actually talking to my dad before we went on today, and uh, and I said, um, you know, I said, all right, they're going to go up two scores going uh, going into the fourth quarter. If I give you a hundred bucks, are you going to bet? Are you going to bet on uh, bet on the uh, Baltimore to finish this game, or do you think uh, the do you, do you think the Patriots have a chance to come back? And he was like, oh, I'm not making that bet. And so you know, like it's you know, I'm not going to bet against I'm not going to bet against uh, Nick Saban and, and company. Like that's just that's just facts. You know, yeah. like in, in, you know, oddly enough, about both these games, both teams have had uh, two weeks to prepare. You know what I mean? So like the, these, this mm-hmm. is like a mini bowl. This is like a mini bowl game for both of these teams. For both of these games, this is awesome actually. So I'm actually next week's games like, and they're both early games too. So like after that afternoon, like you're gonna be so, depending on how the the, the makeup of these games, if it's gonna be a, a wild shootout or if, if it's a nail biter or God God forbid forbid one of these games goes into overtime, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be awesome. But it, it's just one of those things like. Man, uh, two weeks again. This this is playoff atmosphere for 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 all these teams involved. Uh, SEC one alone is you know what I mean. That like that's that's winning in because you know you you've already you've already conquered the biggest test that's that's left because Ole Miss uh, Ole Miss Arkansas and Texas A and M they're not going to realistically shouldn't put up much of a fight against LSU after this. And then uh, as far as Bama's remaining schedule, you know I, it's not the SEC of you know, five years ago where everyone and their mother is a, uh, a powerhouse, uh, same situation, Mississippi state, Mississippi, uh, uh, Arkansas. And, uh, and they got Texas A&M after, uh, Oh, they do have the Auburn game. The Auburn game is that actually Bama's actually probably got a, a tougher, uh, Oh no, that's not the schedule. Oh my God. I'm a, I'm a moron. I'm over here reading the, uh, the standings. <laughs> they got, uh, they got, <laughs> They got uh, Mississippi State, Western Carolina, and Auburn. So Auburn still being a tough contest for uh, for Alabama, um, whereas LSU, God, I just read the damn standings. I am a moron. Uh, <laughs> that's the stupidest thing ever. Uh, and they, they both have Arkansas. I was actually right on the uh, the LSU one, Mississippi and Texas A&M. Arkansas yet to get a, a game in the win column in, in, in conference there. So um, really well. Yeah, they're 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 two they're two and seven. Uh, 0 and 6 in the SEC, like there. It again, you know, the, the the landscape has changed. You know, the the it's been it's been so long, and, and I, I I still contend SEC might be the most overrated conference in 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 the in the college football uh, dynasty era. Okay, like you can say, oh, they just beat up on each other. No, like they're they're not all great. It's simple as that. You know, I look at the Big Ten. Like if you stacked the bottom of the big 10 up against the bottom of the sec. And I, I really do feel like that we would come out ahead. You know what I mean? I would, take, yeah. I would take Maryland over Vanderbilt, you know what I mean? Or, 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 or even over Arkansas at this point. Like, I, I don't know. Like it just, 
I, I yeah, I don't, I'm not even gonna get on that rant. I, none of them travel up north either. I hate it. Yeah. Last time I seen it, I got. I remember I getting all pissed off because when when Alabama actually when Penn State, Penn State and Alabama, this is great. So when Penn State and Alabama were playing each other, and and you know they 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 actually came up and played Penn State at Happy Valley, and I was like, oh man, that's gotta be the the farthest north they've they've ever played, but God knows they're only doing it in like the second week of the season. It was like a September game. It's like the second week. It was ridiculous. <sighs> come up here and come up here in November. Let's. I want. I want to see. I want to see Alabama play Minnesota uh, on, on November thirtieth, not Wisconsin. <laughs> that would let, be let nice. Me see how, let me see how that goes. You know. God. Yeah. You make some good points about that. I mean, I've, you've never like, yeah, that would be that would be interesting to see them come here and play a cold weather game. Yeah, I, I'd like to see play anybody in a cold weather game. But, uh, yeah, new, new, neutral sites and BS like that. Blah! Give me all, give me all hopped up here, man. I'm jacked up on Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> switching to the pros, You're go man. Going on a Ryan Cook rant. Oh man, I, I I could man. I'm gonna I'm gonna tone it down. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tone it down. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it in. We're gonna switch over to the old the old NFL where I don't have a fantasy football team at all, uh, and uh, which makes me kind of happy. So I get to kind of watch it and wander through these games and not worry about the stats. I just get to look at how awesome that close game was or or what we did wrong. Uh, obviously, our Vikings fell short against the Chiefs, uh, who were playing without Patrick Mahomes. He was uh, taking the advice of O.J. Mahomes. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. Uh, that was probably one of the most absurd things also. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I, I, I didn't pull the clip, uh, and but on Halloween, O.J. Simpson, who recently joined Twitter this year, um, and he was literally dressed as Patrick Mahomes headband, curly hair, Jersey, the whole bit. And he said, Hey there, Twitter world, OJ Mahomes here. And then he starts talking about how Mahomes should sit out another, you know, another week and not, not force it. And, and it was ridiculous, but, uh, <laughs> I just, OJ Simpson bothers me. Oh, he should possibly the creepiest human being, uh, you know, out there outside of, I'm not even going to get political on this. So I'll just I'm going to I'm going to bite my tongue yeah. on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I, there's, there's, there's reasons why OJ Simpson bothers me, and I'm not. Even yeah, gonna, this yeah. is not the show for that. This is not the show for that. Well, well, maybe we'll go uh, if if we go deep on this this show, maybe we'll we'll um, unload on OJ Simpson. Uh, but I think we might have to fear for our. Uh, I'm not going to say that either. So, uh, Kansas City. <laughs> Sell out. Kansas sell out. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs six and three. They uh they, they take us on at home. Uh we fall short. Kirk Cousins, nineteen for thirty eight, three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, twenty one rushings for seventy one yards, does not get a, a big uh big push this game. Um big surprising stat line was for me was Laquan Treadwell actually catching three balls for fifty eight yards. Uh what are your takeaways from this game? Offensive line didn't show up the middle, didn't show up today. Uh, play calling on our last drive pretty much lost us the game. And, again, we can't stop anybody. 
when they're not like when they have time to pass the ball. Like it seems to me like a lot a lot of teams are starting to figure out that oh if we if we do a lot of quick quick hitting plays we can just kind of drive the ball down the field in the Vikings because of their pass rush we're not giving their pass rush enough time to get to the quarterback because you know if if you seven step drops do not work against us our like Everson Griffin Neil Hunter like our interior line like everybody on our defensive line is playing phenomenal and our linebackers are playing really well too but our D-backs just mainly our corners just are not getting it done. And the like did you watch any, any of the game at all? Yeah. Did you, you see right, our last Did you see our, Did you see our last drive? Yeah. Second and 10. What do we do? Run the ball for a 3-yard loss. Yeah. And in the ball and then, was so, it's, so it's so it's like third and third and 13 or whatever and then didn't they throw like it was like some it was like a really terrible like I was, I didn't really watch the game, but I was like game casting it, and then they threw this like this other this really bad play call, and I don't remember. I think it was didn't Irv Smith lose like seven yards on the play or something? And then we had the punt. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty crazy too because I, you know you're looking at um, and then the punter know, shanks the punt. Yeah, like, and that's the thing, like the shank punt. It, yeah, special teams, man. You know, you you win and die by it. I, I you know, you win and lose by it. Uh, big, big, big ups to obviously their kicker hit a big fifty-four yarder this game. Um, you know, what what do you do? I mean, again, you know, Matt Moore throws for two seventy-five, one touchdown. Essentially, a mistake-free game for him as far as that goes. You know, yeah. when you're when you're getting, you know, and that's that's what the backups there to do, right? Like ultimately, he's there for. Uh, he's not there to 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 make the big play, he's there to not make a mistake when, he, when he's in the game. Is that, is that about right? Would, would, would you subsequently cap it like that? Yes. Oh, and don't forget so, the Damian Williams 91-yard touchdown run where Anthony Harris like just kind of was like, crap, what do I do? I just stopped, <laughs> and he cuts right by me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, I think, uh, what, do you, what do you have, like 12 carries for 125 yards? Which is which is hilarious because again you're the 94 yarder which is whatever yeah yeah it's the like, Vikings he did nothing he did nothing before that until that one big run and it's just like really and, and again you you get the the big play um, again we I you know we touched on it briefly earlier the the entire NFC North took took that L today uh, the Bears losing to the Eagles. Uh, the Packers losing to um, the Chargers, Chargers, and then the Lions losing, and then the Lions losing to the Raiders. Uh, you know, everybody also I think was on the road. You know, this week, so uh, in in by and large, not easy places to play. The Raiders uh, definitely not easy place. Philadelphia not an easy place. You know, so home field man, home field was definitely balling today. The Broncos home field team they won. Uh, you know, the Ravens, home field team, they won. Dolphins, they won. Panthers, they won. I think, I think only one, no, two road teams won. Uh, and, the, and the two road teams that won were uh, the Texans over the Jaguars and the Niners over the Cardinals. And, 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 and honestly, a, a good game there. So, yeah. um, you know, they, they definitely came up a little short ultimately. But, uh, you know, Cardinals definitely tried to, tried to steal it back in that fourth quarter. Um, Jimmy G, man. 
He's I, he's, you know, he's looking good. The the Niners are the the sole undefeated team at this point. You know, obviously playing a favorable schedule because they were not a playoff team last year. Um, mm-hmm. But but they're getting the job done. You know, their uh, defense undefeated. is ridiculous. Yeah, playing awesome. Uh, obviously, Richard Sherman looks fantastic. You touched on it a, a couple weeks back. You know, guys. I mean, yeah, no, it's it, they're doing what Nick Bosa is a freak. Something uh, in that I family. Hate Nick Bosa, I, uh, well, we'll 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 stay off that alone. We're we're gonna talk about the athleticism and not the the other stuff. <laughs> we're not Fuck we're Nick not Bosa. going after hours yet. <laughs> no. Oh man, but I mean the Niners, man. Do do you, are, do you think they're for real, or do you think uh, you know the the, the pressure is going to come on for them? Obviously, they they got to play um, they got to play the Seahawks next week. That is a big game. They also still do have to play the Ravens um, and the Saints. So they got some big tests coming up here. Um, actually, the the rest of their schedule is actually pretty gross. This front half is pretty soft, but uh, holy cow, they got the Saints. As long as their defense, as long as their defense can keep doing what they're doing, they're going to they're gonna be legit. It's going to be interesting, though, to see their defense go up against some of these offenses, some of these higher-powered offenses, though. But Yeah, coming up they, here? Oof. Yep. But if they can continue to do what they've been doing, then they're going to be a tough opponent because their offense is, is good enough to where if their defense plays lights out, they can beat people, so... So I'm gonna say they got two wins right now coming up. They got the Falcons at home, and they got the Cardinals yeah, at home. Those those are definitely because I, I, I think it, it's gonna be easier to win at home than it is on the road. And uh, they yeah. already beat the Cardinals at, at their place. So so those are two wins. So right now they're they're looking at if they, even if they lose the remaining of those games, ten and six. Um, Seahawks Seahawks gonna to be tough, man. Uh, they they finish up at at on the road at the last game against the Seahawks, but then the Seahawks next week. Um, an awesome primetime Monday night game. So that, that one will actually be worth watching, which is great. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Saints game is going to be a tough one. Uh, Drew Brees being Drew Brees, you know. Um, yeah, it, the, the Niners, man, they're, they're, they're my – the surprise – who's the bigger surprise, them or the Ravens at this point this year? Niners for sure. Because Ravens usually are always pretty good. Like the Niners have not been, not been great for, for a while. They've been kind of in rebuild mode. That's how they've kind of been able to build up their defense. They've been in rebuild mode for quite some time now. So, for me, it definitely is the Niners. Um, bigger, bigger disappointment. The Browns or the Falcons? Browns by far. So obviously the Falcons one and seven right now. The Browns two and six. But yeah, with all the signings and all the hype, I would definitely say the Browns are definitely the the, the biggest disappointment so far this year. Um, you know, everyone's everyone's hyped up Baker Mayfield too, and he's been he's been pretty bad. Uh, you know, I think I saw some really negative stats on Baker Mayfield this year, and I should have I, I should have wrote them down because um, his completion percentage is getting uh, very poor. If I uh, if if I recall, 
Um, I think today he was damn near just a uh, sub 50 or just over 50%. If I recall. Um, yeah. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, what? 20, uh, literally 50%, 27 for 42. Or no, my, that's my yeah. last thing. Hella off. Never mind. He's he, he, yeah, but still, um, but you know, it, it's one of those things with those weapons. I mean, you got two of the best wideouts, talent-wise, athleticism-wise, and and you're you're not getting it done. You got Nick Chubb. You know what I mean? Like Nick Chubb's that offense right now. Yeah, and he, you know, yeah, and he carried the ball twenty times today, and. and only got 65 yards. Yeah, I I don't know what happened to them because on paper they looked like to be a pretty nice improving team, but I don't know, man. Like something something's not something just went wrong, and it might be just that it's the Browns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. It's it's the Browns. Uh, you know, it's it's almost time to tack on another uh, another quarterback name out of that 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 terrible uh, terrible roster, um, or a terrible streak of quarterbacks rather. Uh, you know, it's funny because you know they're also people are like, oh, we're gonna beat the Steelers, and you know they're they're two games behind the Steelers even. Steelers won yeah. three in a row. You know, so like, I don't know. I don't man, know, man. Crazy, Cra- them, them crazy kids in Cleveland, man. It's rough. It wasn't for Bow Wow, wasn't for Bow Wow and Bone Thugs, man. Cleveland, Cleveland, be off the map. Cleveland would literally be flyover country. <laughs> oh man, that's hey man, uh, it's it, is it is is it karma for for those people pretty much stealing everything that that. Guy from, I can't remember if it was Japan or China, but there's this Asian guy that spent, he was an aspiring rapper from like Japan, I believe, Japan or China, and he spent all of his savings on a plane ticket to Cleveland to meet Bone Thugs and Harmony, and some people in Cleveland robbed him and stole all everything he had, Damn. and he's like, he's stuck over here in the United States. Dang. I think I think Busybone might have maybe paid for his plane ticket back or something, but yeah, <sighs> that's that's messed up. So maybe that's you know, maybe, that's, maybe I never Carmen knew that story, but that's oh, that's you, very look it up. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to figure that out because oddly enough, I was just watching just watching an interview with Biz too, man. Like from the Breakfast Club a couple weeks back. That dude's wild, man. <laughs> dude's wild. Did you ever hear? Oh. Did you ever see the inter? Did you ever hear the interview where he like sounded like he was possessed? Praise God! Praise God! God's good. <laughs> I've I have because uh, Ryan sent that to me. This this one was good though. Uh, it was uh, he was talking. Uh, he, he actually told about how like he got they got discovered by Easy and stuff, and, and how like they had to take a bus there and then take a bus back and a bunch of weird things and uh, kind of very similar. Like you know took all the last money they had and type things and they yeah. they, they showed they showed up at, at the time they showed up at like tone loke's house and uh <laughs> it was super funny it's like it was like we're all wearing a bunch of different jerseys and stuff like like you know it's like he got on a he got on a dodger jersey and he got on a cleveland like it was like it was all sorts of crazy things man 
You know, tone loke was like, I can't help. You did like a weird like mini tone loke impression. Um, you know, it, this seems just far enough to be able to, to sneak out a real MVP. Do you, uh, do you think maybe you could come up with one while I uh, press that sounder button? Probably not. Probably not. That's all right. You're gonna be my real MVP, and then I will I will get I will give one I will give one right here next next week. If you don't have one though, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut off a digit of your finger. Um, I mean Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson and Tyler wait, Lockett had wait, like you gotta, you gotta, something. You gotta save Sorry. it, man. I gotta play the sounder. All right, man. It's like a read. All right, man. So uh, now you can go with your real MVP. <laughs> I'm just going to turn the segment into Elijah's real fantasy MVPs. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you I, Loki, I thought you were just going to give him a props to players. <laughs> and then it suddenly did swing back to fantasy. Go ahead, man. <laughs> So, so I have a two going to be a co co feature. So I was down pretty big in fantasy this week, and it's there's a few guys on buy or whatever. So I mean, Chris McCaffrey at thirty seven, whatever. But I'm thinking I'm going to lose. Until the Seattle Tampa Bay game, and Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett combined for about eighty some points, and now I'm going to win by probably about thirty points. Or oh so. man! Against against Hagberg against Hagberg's team, who's like who me and him me and him are kind of like fighting for playoff positioning right now, like. It's like, so Kyle's team is number one, but he's about to lose. Ryan's team is number two, and, like, Hagberg and I are kind of in the third and fourth spot, I believe, like, kind of fighting for that. So this game was huge because now Hagberg and I are going to have the same record. So so thank you, Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm I'm going to do, like, a read. You know – uh, okay. Yeah, Elijah. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> That's the real fantasy MVP. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get like a like a lounge singer kind of vibe for that. I'm like it's Elijah's real MVP for fantasy. <laughs> Something like that. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find some lounge music for that shit. <laughs> he's my real fantasy MVP. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm get a little something like like some ice cream man music or something. Oh, oh man, <laughs> that just that just fucking wrecked me. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get uh, Herbert the pervert from uh, Family Guy when he's like do 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 do. Hell yeah, 
It's a life of real MVP, fantasy MVP. Yeah, oh yeah, that's just gonna happen. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right, man. I, I got to give you my real MVP, and, and, and unfortunately, it's not a a great thing. But uh, this week, we learned that uh, John Weatherspoon, uh, obviously playing Ice Cube's father in the Friday series, uh, the Wayne's brothers' father in that series, uh, in the TV series. Uh, had passed away. Um, definitely uh, some great moments, you know, throughout TV history. He's been a part of so many great shows, um, movies. You know, it came up with uh, with the Richard Pryor era as far as things goes. But always, always entertaining when you've seen him on there. You know, I remember seeing him in Meteor Man and, uh, yeah. you know, you know, like just Bullworth. He was a reverend in there. I mean, it just... Just awesome stuff, man. I remember, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, the Boondocks, you know, and they were just starting back up again too. So I'm curious to see if we have, um, if if he had anything recorded for it, or, or, or yes, again, a, a tribute of some sort as well. Um, sad thing is, obviously, there is he, there's pre-production work for the last Friday movie, so I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Um, you know, many guys, uh, you know, they tweeted out their thoughts and, and, and memories of them. And, and again, uh, just a little saddened, but uh, also at the same time, uh, thankful for the career that he's, uh, he's provided from the many, uh, the many laughs. And I think uh, I'm going to have to talk to Ryan and try and get a, a bang, 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 bang in a bar here. And actually, we got a, we got a caller on the line here. We're going to get in. Uh, my burrito, my burrito. <laughs> yeah, about the burrito. We got the 651 area code on the line. We're going to let him, let him do a little talking here. 651, you got a real MVP for the week? Uh, it's not PJ Fleck, that's for sure. You guys are crazy if you don't agree with Elijah. Whoa, whoa! What do you what, what do you mean about that aspect? If he doesn't get it done, bring the fat guy from Texas back. At least he was entertaining. Whoa, Jerry like, Kill, what? Tracy Clay. <laughs> I don't know, man. All I know is next week that if if Elijah doesn't have a real MVP, I'm making a new LeBron James intro for him. Jumping Jehoshaphat's people. Wow. <laughs> He's going to get hit with no doubts. Hey, baby. Sweet. It's going to be the most glorious thing in the world. Man, That's I'm all just, I got to I'm, say about that. Man, that I'm super funny. Do you got a real MVP? I'm not, I'm not so superficial about sports, man. It's like, just talking. Do, do I have a real it. MVP? Yeah. I don't care what guys do off the court or on the court. Just... <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to say, ironically, in a loss, Sergey Kovalev, because he did something I never thought in a million years he was going to do. And the fact that I had him up 6-4 going into the 11th blew my mind that he was fighting that fight. And the, the, That was the one thing I was going to say, too, when you guys were having your take. I was half in a coma because I took some NyQuil, and I just got back up now. And... uh it's it's one of those things where it, both fighters land, example, 120 punches. Do you like the guy who lands 120 on 300 shots or 120 on 600 shots? And that's the difference in scorecards, I think. I was yeah. a guy like uh, like Dan, Dan Rayfield had it 7-3. Jordan had it 6-4. You know, we, we, we liked the output from Kovalev because he wasn't getting gassed, it looked like, too much. Whereas I think the judges liked the better contact percentage. So that's kind of your hit or miss problem, I think, with, with the judging. It's, yeah. It just matters what style they prefer. Well, I think yeah. too, like like Canelo's style is just more aesthetically pleasing 
like like in these like in the second Golovkin fight and the second Kovalev fight because people like get swayed by aggression. You know? and, and let's be fair too, Canelo landed a lot more of the cleaner shots. I mean, if you yeah, want to, if like, if, if you're looking that route, I mean, he was landing those. But you know, the fact that Kovalev didn't leave his game plan, I don't think Canelo was expecting that, and it shows that Sergey Kovalev is such a good boxer that sometimes I wonder if he would have stuck to that against some of these other fights. Like if he didn't get erratic in that first Andre Ward fight, you know, could he have won that fight to get a trilogy that people might have cared about? But he put Ward down, changed his game. Ward stuck to his smarter fighter, got the dub. You know, regardless of how you how you look at it. Um, yeah. I I do have uh, in in to a, now play devil's advocate uh, to have Elijah's back. Um, my fantasy real MVP was the man I traded for <laughs> oh, no. uh, yesterday morning. Josh Jacobs <laughs> got me twenty four points was my leading score. I had to pay up a little bit to get him, but damn it, when he got as deep of a team as the I farted. Um, you can make those moves. Oh man! Uh, all right, guys, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that. Just, you know when my when, <laughs> when I got Drew Brees, Terry McLaren, Cooper Cup, and Todd Gurley not playing because of buys, and I still score almost 120 points with my backups. It's it's it ain't easy being greasy. You know, as uh, Pistachio said in the past, "Love peace and chicken grease." I will catch y'all on the flippy flip. Oh man, that was uh, that was Ryan, obviously host of our uh, of our WrestleCast Radio, again chairman of the Strong Style Media. Uh, I know he's doing he's like binge watching so much wrestling right now. I'm surprised actually he, he that, that Nyquil is uh he he I'm, fr- I'm surprised he's not like tripping balls at this point. Um, you know he's uh, def- yeah oh yeah of course he is. Uh, like an upper respiratory infection sounds a lot like the Predator. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know uh, the the guys will definitely be uh, hitting up a lot of that pro wrestling Noah the DDT shows uh, power struggle just occurred and I may or may not have spoiled things um, in the group chat and Ryan's probably gonna hit me with a a, a Spanish fly uh, off the top of his roof at some point uh, because I keep spoiling things in group chat when when he hasn't watched the the stuff yet uh, but yeah make sure you listen to Alex and him talk there. Uh, talk their talk on on Russellcast radio um yeah uh heck of a night uh i got nothing else as far as uh i think we went down the whole list we did the nba we did the nfl we did uh the the boxing ryan even chimed in um anything you're excited for in the upcoming week of sports um just excited to see the Timberwolves continue to to play um Hopefully, we get to see more breakout games from Jared Culver. He finally actually had a good game against the the Wizards. Um, excited to see some zone boxing now. Thanks to you, Jordan. Oh, NUA yeah, is we'll coming up. Out. NUA is coming up. It's going to be interesting to see uh, NUA take um, Nonito Donaire's head off, but... Yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to uh, these next uh, I, few weeks, days, years, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, actually, fun, funny enough, uh, let's see. So, uh, Philadelphia, uh, you know, unfortunately, with since uh, the the um, since the uh, words 
since that suspension uh, is, is still in effect for the two games, um, the Timberwolves will be catless when they visit Milwaukee and play uh, the Greek Freak and Company um, on the next one, um, but will return against Memphis uh, the, the following uh, Wednesday there. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with those Timberwolves there. And then uh, obviously we got the big one and two matchup and in, in the and the five eight or the five thirteen for uh, for for the college football. Uh, I am your host Jordan Jiskra signing off for Elijah McNeil. Uh, be on the lookout for next week's fantasy football or not his fantasy football MVP, uh, which nauseates me to no end. But I appreciate him acknowledging it. Uh, and even uh, Ryan Cook joining us, we appreciate that, sir. Uh, we wish you all a wonderful night. Thank you, and in the great mighty words of Will Ospreay, God bless.